Greek Myths and Legends The Trojan War The war began badly, with the death of Tinnus, the son of Apollo, before the invaders had reached the shores of Troy. Achilles had been warned never to take the life of any child of Apollo, but when he saw a figure hurling rocks at the ships of the Greeks, who were approaching the walled city of Troy, he struck him down with one swoop of his mighty sword. Tenez was dead before Achilles could be cautioned and gloom was cast over the ships as they waited warily for Apollo to strike his revenge. Then the excellent marksman Philoctetes was bitten by a snake causing a wound so stagnant and with infection that the Greeks had no choice but to leave the warrior on the rocky island of Lemnos where he was abandoned and forced to live alone for many years. And while the somber army struggled to come to terms with the loss of one of their greatest men, Protasilus, a youthful, a youth of determination and valor, leapt onto the beaches of Troy, where he was slain instantly by Troy's champion, Hector, Priam's eldest son. The war had begun. It had been... It had been decreed by Zeus himself that mankind must be depleted, and so it was that the gods themselves became involved in a war that had been sparked by one single mortal woman. For nine years, the Greeks fought the the impenetrable walls of Troy, guarded zealously by fine men of battle, including Hector, who led King Priam's other 49 sons in war. Good lord. Paris joined their ranks, although the fury of although the fury at the selfish man was ill-concealed by many. Antenor and Aeneas were men of wisdom and justice, and they too fought of Troy. Fought for Troy. Although peace w- was their ultimate goal, the walls of the city had been built by Apollo and Poseidon themselves and could not be damaged or scaled despite their best efforts of Agamemnon's army. So the men of Greece attacked the allies of Troy, instead burning and looting their cities and ravishing their women. It was at one it was at one such rape that a quarrel occurred which would change forever the course of the battle, drawing it to a fiery close that had been nearly a decade in coming. Achilles and his men had attacked the city of Lernessus, taking as their prize two beautiful young women. Chryses, who was chosen by Agamemnon, and Bryses, who became Achilles's. When it was discovered that the maiden Chryses was a priestess of Apollo, a plague struck the camp and Agamemnon was forced to return her to the temple. This he did, but upon his return, he stealthily lured Briseis from the camp of Achilles and took her as his own. Achilles was so enraged and disgusted by this act that he threw down his armor and swore that he would not, he would no longer fight for such men, no better than pigs as they were. Even though you were just raping Whatever. Achilles was a fighter beyond compare, and his absence pressed upon the Trojans an unexpected advantage. But the years of war had taken their toll, and the warriors on both sides had grown tired of the hostility. 
A peaceful end was sought and Hector appeared, bravely suggesting that Menelaus and Paris fight a duel in order to decide the fate of Helen. This course was considered fair and the two men engaged in a battle. Swords clashed and many maidens fainted at the sight of two such glorious men tempting death so readily, so easily. They were well matched, but Menelaus had the power of a grudge that had festered for many years, and with this advantage, he pinned Paris to the wall of his city, determined to take his selfish, determined to take his self-seeking life. But Aphrodite could stand the battle no longer, and Paris's life was a sacrifice she would not allow. With flowing locks and gowns, she descended on the fighters, her beauty lighting their faces, filling their hearts with surprise and calm. And then she struck, hiding her beloved behind a cloud and pulling him to safety behind the city walls. Menelaus looked on in amazement, so close had he come after all those, after all these years in true claiming his bride, and here the gods took them as their playthings, changing the course of fate of mortal lives on a whim. He cried out in rage, a call that was heard by the rest of the gods and which opened up a wound that would not be healed until the end of the war was in sight. Thetis, Thetis screamed for justice for her son Achilles, and Apollo fell in with the defenders, making them strong. Zeus had taken the side of the invaders, who in their eager fury wound who in their eager fury wounded both Ares and Aphrodite, spilling their immortal blood. The Greeks continued to fight, and in a night the Greeks continued to fight, and in a night raid managed to take the life of Rhesus, capturing the white horses which he was taking to the Trojans under the cover of darkness. Apollo swooped down to encourage the Trojan forces, and they repaid the trap and they repaid this travesty by burning some of the Greek ships, which had been moored in the harbor, and as the fleet burned and threatened the lives of the Greek army, Patroclus, the great friend of Achilles, appeared in his friend's armor and frightened the Trojans into retreating. Forgetting himself and confident in the armor of Greece's greatest warrior, Patroclus leapt to the top of the Trojan walls, sending their army into panic, that was calmed only by Apollo. Once more, this great god took the side of the Trojans, and knowing that his that this brave warrior was none other than Patroclus, he winded him, knocking from his body the sword and shield which protected him. Patroclus called out in anguish, begging for mercy, his bravado shorn from him along with the armor, but Hector stepped in and killed Patroclus with one single blow. The roar of the Greeks we The roar of the Greeks wakened the slumbering Achilles, who had thrust from his mind all thought of the battle. Word of the death of his dear friend soon reached him, and he sprang into action, crying out for revenge, which struck terror in the hearts of all who heard him. He trembled with rage, his blood coursing through his veins as he flexed his mighty muscles. New armor was summoned, and he dressed quickly making his way to Troy without delay. And again, the gods chose to intervene. As the terrified Trojans retreated into their city, the river god of the Scamander, 
produced a wall of water that held back the murderous aggressor. This act was met by Hephaestus, who immediately stepped in to dry the waters with a flaming torch, and with a lust for revenge more invincible than the brave Achilles himself, he fought on. Searching out the unfortunate Hector and slaying all who crossed his path, sweat gleamed on his brow which was furrowed with determination. Achilles presented a picture of such manly beauty that many of his opponents were stopped in their tracks, transfixed by his vision of glorious power. And when Hector saw Achilles, he too stopped dead and bowed down, determined to fight him hand to hand until he saw that fiery gleam in Achilles' eyes and knew that this marauder and his army meant his own certain death. He turned on his heels and tried to run, but Achilles was stronger and more powerful. Three times they ran round the walls of the city, Hector becoming weaker, more frightened as they ran, and then Achilles caught him and pinned him like a rabbit to the wall with his sword. How would a mighty cry then thrust his sword through Hector and killed him at once. The Trojans moaned and wailed for their lost leader, stopping the battle briefly to mourn before swearing vengeance and carrying on more furiously than before. Achilles was unstoppable when Penthesilea brought her Amazon women to help the Trojans. Achilles killed her mercilessly. And then Thersitus, the nasty politician, was struck down by Achilles' powerful fist. The invincible Achilles fought on and on, never tiring, never losing his composure, his cunning. Then Memnon arrived with a troop of Ethiopians, putting the favor of the gods once more with the Trojans, who allowed their forces to, to be increased so heavily. But Achilles, enraged and irreverent, called upon Zeus to judge between himself and Memnon to reverse the damage done by these visiting troops. Memnon was out of favor with the king of gods, and Achilles was presented with a sword with which to slay the Ethiopian. And when he died, his followers turned immediately to birds and followed him to his rocky tomb on the neck of the island. Achilles continued on, more boastful than ever, never losing a battle, never missing a stroke with his mighty sword. And then the gods lost patience and irritated by a show of pride, they stepped in once again. Apollo had not yet repaid Achilles for the death of Tenes, now was his chance. Guiding the hand of Paris, an arrow was directed to the heel of Achilles, the only part of his body which was not invincible. He died immediately. For a time, the Greeks were weakened by the death of their hero, their determination dwindling, their lust for battle dead. But as they mourned their forsaken leader, a new resolve grew in their hearts, and after a solemn funeral at which Achilles was awarded the highest honors of any warrior, they regrouped to plan their revenge. 